0: All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about Gunpowder Milkshake, a new action movie on Netflix that just came out last week. And uh, it's going to be a fun one to talk about. A little mixed bag as far as a movie is concerned, but um, we had plenty of puzzle pieces to get into. Joining me for this one is Ryan Luis Rodriguez, from the coolness chronicles uh ryan's first time on the show i just recently joined him on his show which uh, that episode will be coming out soon we'll talk about that a little bit in the conversation um but definitely we got a fun conversation coming up for you before we get to it i do want to remind you as always to make sure you are subscribed to piecing it together wherever you listen to podcasts you can rate and review us on apple Podcasts or podchaser And, of course, follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Uh, While you're at it, you know, if you really like what we're doing here on the show, make sure you share it. Um sharing the show gets it in front of new listeners. And we've had a lot of new listeners lately. And I am just so happy to see all those new people joining all those new people listening, uh, getting a lot of feedback as well, which is great. The more feedback, the better. I, I love hearing from listeners. So uh, if you enjoy what we're doing. You know, rate and review us, but also just get in touch. I'd love to hear from you, either on social media or in our Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces group, or by way of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Uh, But yes, thank you so much for being out there and listening. And let's get into this conversation about Gunpowder Milkshake. All right. So today we are going to be talking about Gunpowder Milkshake on Netflix. And joining me is Ryan from the Coolness Chronicles. Ryan, how's it going?
1: It's going pretty well. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, as we were just talking before I hit record, uh, it is, it is a, uh, a crazy weekend for me, uh, recording a lot of podcasts, watching lots of movies, but um, this should be a fun one to talk about. I, I said to you before, like this seems like it's going to be kind of an easy one to jump into. It kind of wears its inspirations on its sleeve, I think. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely made of pieces of other movies. Yes. Kind of like secondhand. Yes. So it's, it's fitting to talk about inspirations for this.
0: Absolutely. Well, before we jump into Gunpowder Milkshake, it is your first time on the show. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little about you and your podcast?
1: Sure. Uh, I do The Coolness Chronicles, which is a uh, kind of semi-serialized uh, deep dive into the coolest movies and TV shows. Uh, ever made i just wrapped up a year or not a year three years on mystery science theater about 100 episodes wow uh and by the time this drops i will be starting a new year-long season on airplane where that will be the second episode and then i'll talk about the movies that inspired it and the movies that it inspired and do nice. that for an entire year
0: that sounds like a lot of fun i that is uh, really really cool and yeah, and I just recently recorded an episode with you for Three Amigos, and it was a lot of fun diving into that movie for the first time in forever.
1: Yeah, and that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks after this drops, but uh, yeah, Sweet. it's exciting.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, let's jump into Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, like we both just said, this movie, uh, Inspiration's just are so obvious on this thing. So I'm sure we'll have plenty of puzzle pieces. Let's just dive right into them. And, uh, you know, any other thoughts about the movie we'll get into along the way. Um, but what do you got for your first puzzle piece?
1: My first puzzle piece is pretty much, uh, predictable. And that is John wick. Sure. Uh, the concept of this kind of mythic bureaucracy with rules and code words and kind of cloak and dagger secrecy, uh, establishing a fully inhabited world that's kind of like our world, but it's plussed slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see the influence, especially with like the diner that is kind of the focus in a lot of the movie uh, is basically the Continental Hotel from the yes. John Wick series. A uh, little less kind of uh, comic booky and a little less kind of uh, almost fantasy, but there, the influence is, is clear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I specifically had John Wick 3 um, on my puzzle piece list, but definitely like the whole series works as well. But yeah, I mean, you've got the library fight, you've got the the Continental uh, being their kind of home base where eventually, of course, the final fight ends up taking place and their whole home area gets like shattered to pieces with gunfire going everywhere um yeah. and then like you were just saying like that whole like just kind of ultra refined uh you know culture to their their whole secret assassin whatever you know kind of kind of lifestyle and so yeah i I definitely see a lot of john wick in this also like kind of the neon lighting that will show up in some of these other puzzle pieces i think along the way yeah i definitely think there's a lot of john wick in this and it's funny you know we do at the beginning of every month on piecing it together we do a uh a a trailer roundup episode just like talking about some of the upcoming movies and kind of guessing what puzzle pieces we will have for future episodes on some of these movies just based off their trailers and Mm. lately so many movies we've been (laughs) using john wick as a possible puzzle piece for future movies it's just it's it's shadow just seems to be on so many upcoming action movies it's just i guess the thing right now
1: yeah when something like that pops i guess it becomes uh it becomes the text. It becomes the thing that everybody needs to aspire to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I will go to my first puzzle piece and frequent guest here on Piecing It Together, Josh Bell, and his letterbox review. Uh, said I refuse to believe this is not based on a Mark Miller comic book. Um, so and, and I think that that was very apt. And I will go specifically with the Kingsman that entire series. Just you know, again, kind of like with John Wick, just that that ultra refinedness to all of these uh, assassins and spies, and the way that they. Uh, they have their way of talking that's just like ultra cool and ultra clever, while pulling off all these super over the top action sequences, a lot of which are in slow motion. And uh, it, this movie definitely has that feel of like, are we sure this isn't a comic book series? You know, are we sure this isn't one of those graphic novels that people have been loving for years? And maybe uh, people like me, just like regular moviegoers who don't read comics, have never heard of. But oh, it actually is. But um, you. You kind of have yourself questioning that as you're diving into a movie like Gunpowder powder milkshake.
1: And there's a self-awareness to it that sure. is, but it's it's a sincere kind of self-awareness. It's not constantly winking at you and saying, "Oh, there's no reason to take this seriously. We're we're all in on the joke, folks." <laughs> yes, it's it's uh it, it's very sincere in in the way that it projects this stuff.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it, this movie. This movie, just like both of the pieces that we've talked about so far, it, it does believe in its little world that it's set up. And I think yes. that's one of the things that's best about this movie. I, I didn't love Gunpowder Milkshake. I guess i get that out of the way right now. I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was you know fun, uh, kind of forgettable, but fun. But one thing I will say that is a, a major positive to this movie is that it, it believes in its own little world and it, it kind of fully sells it, I think. And that's cool. Absolutely, yeah, so what do you got for your next piece?
1: My next piece uh focuses on the the cinematography, and that is the good, the bad, and the ugly, okay There are multiple standoffs exchanged in close ups of faces and kind of the tightening of the zoom lens as a morricone-esque music plays, mm-hmm. uh especially like a whistling, which is a big thing in the spaghetti westerns sure and uh there's and, and it's it's not just good, bad, the ugly, but there's also a little bit of, like, De Palma in there because there's, like, split diopter shots that are supposed to put you in that kind of psychological mindset. Sure. But this is very much uh, a postmodern spaghetti western in a way.
0: Yeah, I could see that, definitely. I mean, it, it, you've got the revenge, the the double crossing, the, uh, you know, it, these people that are just, like, going at each other, like, full force, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see that, and I, I think that's a great setup also to another puzzle piece that I had that's kind of very different, but for the same reasons, which I think is kind of interesting, because it is cinematography and score-based, and that is the Tim Burton Batman movies, um, which ah. I thought... I thought the cinematography kind of reminded me of that with with the way that a lot of this stuff is shot with the shadows and the the contrast the high contrast between things that are happening uh villains being kind of cloaked in darkness and the uh the heroes being more well lit and um also the villains in this you know Paul Giamatti you know and uh all the other like henchmen uh super over the top very you know comic book movie-ish and then on top of all that is that score you just mentioned whistling but this score goes hard like very yeah. much like a Danny Elfman type score just big and bombastic and kind of never lets up it's it's actually a very fun score um uh, maybe a little much at times but it definitely helps to to sell the over-the-topness that this movie is really going for
1: yeah absolutely
0: so uh so yeah good the bad and the ugly and Tim Burton Batman getting in there what do you have for your next piece
1: uh my next one is a movie that I don't really like, but it has a sense of continuity with it mm-hmm. and a sense of ferocity that I think that the director was shooting for, and that's Atomic Blonde. Sure. Uh women fighting back against the patriarchy and kicking ass. That's uh tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Uh the the it's the best thing about Atomic Blonde, which I don't think succeeds as a movie because it's overly uh, convoluted in its plot, and it sure. has one of the worst twists I think I've ever seen <laughs> in a film. I'm not going to say what it is, because if you want to watch it, go watch it. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's a there's an anger to the action scenes mm-hmm. that reminds me a lot of Atomic Blonde, where she's literally like fighting tooth and nail.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually agree with you. I did not particularly like Atomic Blonde either, and I know a lot of people really love it. And I, I do think the action sequences are, you know, as good as the film's fans say they are. It's just everything else around it doesn't quite work as well. But yeah, th- there is like just a, a visceral like fighting for your life of of the the fight scenes in Atomic Blonde and here in Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, I, I definitely think that's a great puzzle piece to include here. And of course, you know, Atomic Blonde at the time was being touted as like the female John Wick and we're already talking about John Wick here. So it's like, it definitely, uh, you know, fits in with, with that entire uh, kind of trajectory of where action movies are right now.
1: Yeah, and it's, in being the female John Wick, it, it doesn't feel like a clone Right. It's more like this is a this is a companion piece to that. Definitely. Instead of feeling like something derivative. Absolutely.
0: Well, I'm going to go back uh a little further to uh another puzzle piece here. I was just talking about Paul Giamatti. Uh, I'm going to go with an action movie that I love, uh but specifically because of him, I'm going to bring it up and that is Shoot 'em Up. Um nice. starring Clive Owen, which is a uh just absolutely we're talking this weekend about the new Space Jam coming out. I mean, this is Looney Tunes in an action movie, Um, (laughs) but it is so much fun. And Paul Giamatti is the bad guy, and that is just a blast. And in a lot of ways, it feels like he is just kind of revisiting, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, chewing the scenery, just just really relishing and being a bad guy kind of character. And, uh, so you know, it's fun to see him. You don't really see Paul Giamatti that much lately. And uh, it, it's fun to see him just kind of chewing on that kind of character and just having so much fun with it.
1: Yeah, tearing into it like he would as the Rhino in The Amazing Spider-Man 2.
0: The best part of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. The rest of that movie absolutely, trash. But <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same uh, wavelength with that. That's great. <laughs> well, uh, what do you got for your next one?
1: Uh, My next one is kind of a cheat because it's a movie that doesn't actually exist, but hear me out. Okay. It was in development for a while, but it must be dead in the water by now, and that's The Expendables, which was supposed to be the female-centric version of The Expendables. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the idea of a team of specialist women dispatching villains sounds like the elevator pitch for The Expendables, (sighs) yet it's also a perfect description of gunpowder milkshake. (laughs)
0: it's <laughs> absolutely right yeah I, I forgot that that was ever going to be a thing and i wonder if we ever will get that um it it seems like a like a no-brainer i think
1: the ship has sailed at this point yeah.
0: yeah i i probably but you know recently i was considering doing a uh a breaking it apart episode our our backwards episodes on uh the expendables and so i was just kind of like reading up on on the series and those movies were like a little more successful than you would think i mean they're not good but like they made money so yeah especially the
1: first one the first one made money hand over fist yeah absolutely by the time they got to the end but you know they had like you had a movie with stallone schwarzenegger and harrison ford so it it can't really be that obscure right like that's that's a lot of stuff in a movie
0: yeah it really is (laughs) well uh i'll go on to let's see which one should i do next um this is kind of just a uh a little mini puzzle piece here but i thought of drive because of ryan gosling's outfit and the uh the outfit that our hero here played by uh karen gillen wears i just thought it was a kind of similar type of a jacket and uh set up the way that she is uh costumed in this
1: that is on my list as well. It's not one of my main puzzle pieces, but that is on my list. So yeah. I'm glad you brought it up.
0: Perfect. There we go. Then that, that works really well. So. <laughs> and uh, I guess you could also uh, speak a little bit to the, um, you know, the neon-ness and stuff like that. That all is kind of yeah. uh, popularized a little bit by Drive as well. Yeah.
1: Very neo-noir. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. A lot of that as well. So what do you got for your next piece then?
1: Uh, my next one is one that should be pretty obvious, and that's Kill Bill mm-hmm. Volumes 1 and 2. Yes. If we're talking female assassins getting to know their estranged daughters, we are playing in the Tarantino sandbox. Yes. Uh, considering that he declared uh, Navat Papachado's previous film, Big Bad Wolves, to be the best film of 2013. Oh, wow. Uh, I have to assume that this is kind of a mutual appreciation society. Sure. And there's a podcast that I listen to called Netflix original movie. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And they, are, they just did an episode with uh, Papa Shadow as the guest. And he talked about how basically that review kind of changed his career. Mm-hmm. So I have to assume that he's uh, very appreciative and showing his appreciation by uh, ch- kind of channeling elements of Kill Bill.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There. There's... Um... A lot of Tarantino in this, I think. I, I think oh, you yeah. could speak to Kill Bill. Uh, you could include Pulp Fiction in there as well, um, especially with that diner scene. Uh, that, there's, uh, that's interesting that the feeling seems to be mutual. That Tarantino loved uh, this director's previous work. That's that's very cool to hear because yeah, you can see a lot of that influence in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. So I will go ahead to another piece here. Actually, my last like full. Piece, but uh that's the professional oh, you know yeah. an, a, another story of uh of you know hit hit people <laughs> uh <laughs> of course natalie natalie portman in that as the uh the kid who is you know going to be uh you know growing up in this world of assassins and growing into it and you know that that's kind of the the impetus of of where gunpowder milkshake starts and then we continue to follow that character as she grows and becomes this uh, badass assassin uh, along the way. So it, it seems in a way it's like continuing that story in a way.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely part of a continuum. Yeah,
0: and I guess we should mention as well Lena Headley as the mom here, also getting her moments to shine. Um, you know, just like uh, R- Reno, uh, the, the the father figure. Oh, Jean Reno. Jean Reno. Yeah, in the uh, professional.
1: Yeah, and uh, also kind of reminds me a little bit. She was Sarah Connor on the Terminator TV show, and the, right, the fierce right. protective mama bear. And that definitely plays into this a little bit, even though I don't think anybody remembers that television show, but she was there. She yeah. was doing it early.
0: One of these days I need to dig into that show because um people who do remember it say it's the one post Terminator 2 piece of Terminator that, you know, deserves to exist, <laughs> basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean it, it, I wouldn't call it like a great television show, but in terms of that franchise. That is kind of like the rare oasis in the desert. Right. uh, After Terminator 2.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, uh, what do you got next? Do you have any more pieces there? Uh,
1: I have smaller pieces. Okay. uh, That are more uh, centered on kind of little things. But uh, one of them uh, is in the climactic action scene. uh, Angela Bassett uses hammers as a defensive weapon. Mm. And that reminded me of The Raid 2.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Hammer Girl destroys a bunch of guys in a in a subway platform uh, or inside a subway car, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And boy, did I get excited when those hammers came out because I knew exactly (laughs) what was coming and I was totally ready for it. Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) That is a lot of fun. I don't have any other pieces left,
0: but um, I will just throw in here a couple of uh, guest puzzle pieces. I was, I was talking to a uh, frequent uh, guest of Piecing It Together, Joe Black, and he brought up DOA which I never saw, the, the Dead, or, Dead or Alive movie based on the video game. And oh, okay. Debs, the 2004 uh, movie with um, yeah. schoolgirl crime fighters. Yeah, Joe tends to bring up uh, some deep cuts when whenever he's on the show. And <laughs> directed
1: I, by the woman who directed Herbie Fully Loaded.
0: I did not know that. Yeah, I never actually saw Debs. I I was looking it up and I was like, did I see this? I remember this being a movie, but never actually saw it. And yeah, definitely never saw Dead or Alive. But um, I was always
1: amazed she was invited to make a family film after that. I was like, (laughs) really? The the Debs girl? Okay, cool. (laughs) That's funny.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, yeah. Any of those other uh, little mini pieces you wanted to uh, throw out there?
1: Sure. Uh, One of them, uh, Point Break. Uh, bad guys in facially distorting Halloween masks sure uh, yeah. one of those guys getting staked uh, Wearing a Dracula mask which reminded me of Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm. There's also elements of kind of like wuxia with the the influence on balletic action There's you know Fast and Furious is in there a little bit mm. uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants I couldn't resist mentioning in some way because okay. I am a supporter of those two films. Sure. Uh, and, you know, anytime you're dealing with any kind of sisterhood, you got to bring up Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah. Not absolutely. so much the divine sisterhood of Yaya or whatever that thing is called. Right. Was uh, that actually like a spinoff or? No, no. To- it's totally a separate... separate things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, uh, another Mark Miller uh, comic book turned into a movie, Wanted.
0: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I I was thinking about including Sin City on my list as well, but, you know, really... I could see that. Yeah, like we said, like... Mark Miller, it definitely feels like a Mark Miller property, and I think like a lot of a lot of the projects that are you know around that name can fit on this list for sure. Yeah,
1: a little bit of a deconstruction, yeah, what he does,
0: absolutely. And I think you mentioned quickly there, Fast and Furious. I think you know definitely that that fits as well. I mean, the whole family aspect of this, and you know, just over the top action. But you know, really, let's let's you know focus in on that family. You know, got to have that. So,
1: and especially the scene in the. parking garage where she's teaching her how to drive because her hands don't work and she has knives taped to them. Sure. Uh, That felt like to me like something that maybe wouldn't fly in the Fast and Furious because you're not supposed to encourage people to kill other people in those movies. (laughs) But if if they were going for an R-rated Fast and Furious, that scene would definitely pop up at some point.
0: Sure, yeah, that that would make sense. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and do the finished puzzle here and list off everything we just talked about, and then uh, we'll get into some closing thoughts. But uh, we talked about John Wick, the Kingsman, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Batman, Atomic Blonde, Shoot'em Up, the Expendables, Bells, uh, Drive, Kill Bill 1 and 2, The Professional, The Raid 2, uh we threw DOA and Debs in there uh Point Break Buffy the Vampire Slayer Fast and Furious Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and Wanted yeah a lot a lot of um a lot of comic book a lot of over the top you know this movie definitely inspired by the moments of of over the topness in action movies lately the last like 10 20 years and it, this is just continuing that 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 trajectory of of going as crazy and over the top and wild as you can go going pulpy yeah and and pulpy that's a good word for it as well absolutely and that's you know bringing in a lot of that kind of graphic novel comic book energy to it do you think this movie was uh successful in trying to do that to trying to stay in that lane
1: uh i think that at times it is i don't think that overall it like succeeds i i really wish that i liked this movie more than i did mm-hmm. because just the log line of it of you know women banding together and, and beating up men is a very interesting idea to me at least sure yeah because uh, i mean i mean we've seen stories about guys doing this uh countless times it's time to focus on other things absolutely but i think that i don't know it's uh The execution doesn't exactly kind of like, it doesn't uh, stick the landing, Mm -hmm. but I appreciate what it was going for. So on that level, I have to, you know, give it up to it because it's trying to do something that is familiar, but different. And that's a very hard line to walk. So I appreciate that they took the swing, even if they didn't make contact with the ball, making the swing is the important part.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you just said there, and I'll just add to it you know, props for making an original IP instead of, you know, this just being like a remake or a reboot of something and this just happens to be the screenplay that's attached to it. Uh, That, you just don't see that much lately. And so definitely uh, it gets some extra points for that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're living in a world where if you have a number at the end of your title or you have a registered trademark symbol, that is the easy way to get in. And Mm -hmm. it's always, especially now... Uh, encouraging when people manage to subvert that and do an original idea. Definitely. Well, yeah, I think
0: uh, I think that does it for Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, Ryan, is there any other movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners?
1: Uh, sure. Last night I rewatched uh, William Friedkin's *To Live and Die in L.A.* Because nice. it was on Turner Classic Movies. They're doing all month. They're doing a neo noir. Uh, for their Noir Alley show every Friday, and I hadn't seen it in maybe I don't know nine or ten years, and I was stricken by just how how groovy it still is yeah. after thirty years. It is and it has one of the great car chases. Not surprising because it's from the director of The French Connection. Sure, but I would say that the car chase in To Live and Die in L.A. actually stands head and shoulders with uh, French Connection. It's an astounding movie.
0: Yeah, you know, I should put that on my watch list. It's I I know I watched it once back in like high school, but you know, it's been forever since I, since I saw that. So um, I'm gonna have to put that on the old watch list.
1: It's so good, so good.
0: <laughs> well, uh, awesome, Ryan. Uh, why don't you tell people uh, again where they could find you and your podcast?
1: Sure, uh, you can find the Coolness Chronicles on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you find this show. You can find us, and I also do another show called Reels of Justice, where every week we take a fake courtroom, and we have a prosecutor, a defender, a judge, and a jury, and we determine if a film is guilty of being a bad movie. So we have special guests every week. A lot of people that actually worked on Mystery Science Theater have stopped by so far. Uh, it is, it's a lot of work, but uh, it's, it, it's very satisfying when it pays off, because it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: that sounds great. I actually uh, haven't checked that one out yet, but I need to uh, give that a listen. That sounds like a lot of fun. And you are invited on anytime you like. Awesome. I I would love to. I'm totally down. So uh, awesome. Well, uh, Ryan, thank you uh, so much for doing the show. And maybe we'll get you back again sometime.
1: Oh, I hope so. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me.
0: My name is Dan Delgado, and I'm inviting you to take a different look at the industry you know and love. On my podcast, The Industry, we're focusing on the lesser known stories, things that went on in the background and under the radar, or maybe just forgotten entirely. Runaway productions, insane decisions, and just overall weirdness is what's going on in this industry. And every once in a while, things do work out. The Industry, a podcast presented by MovieMaker. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, It's available right now on Netflix, so go check it out if you haven't yet. And uh, make sure to check out Ryan's podcast. Uh, Like we said, our Three Amigos episode will be up in a couple of weeks, so uh, make sure to check that out. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, There have been so many new listeners checking out this podcast lately, and I really appreciate that you're all out there listening. If you like what you're hearing, make sure uh, that you're subscribed wherever it is you listen, and also you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, and I would love to hear from you, so get in touch. Let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. If you do like it, Five stars would be awesome. And, of course, sharing the show would be amazing. We also have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I combined bonus content from Piecing It Together, early access to upcoming episodes from Piecing It Together, also bonus content from Awesome Movie Year, another movie podcast that I produce, and from my music career. I have a bunch of music projects in the works, and I post uh, you know, snippets and sneak peeks of some of that stuff on there, as well as exclusive stuff that will never be released elsewhere, not on albums or anything like that, just like bonus extra tracks and stuff like that. Demo versions of songs I'm planning on releasing soon. Uh, also, my full-length album commentary tracks are on the Patreon. Lots of great, fun content on the Produced by David Rosen Patreon. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. Of course, there's a link in the show notes. If you really like what we're doing here and doing an awesome movie here and I'm doing my music stuff, uh, maybe subscribe to the Patreon. That would be awesome and uh yeah that does it for today's episode of piecing it together uh let's close this thing out with a piece of music like i always do and uh speaking of music one of the projects that i am currently working on to release at some point uh there will be some early access to it on the patreon of course but i am planning on this being an album album that gets released is a compilation of some music from films that i've worked on over the years um you know, I, I already have a, a feature film score out uh, for the film Beater, and I'm also—I've mentioned on the show before that I'll be releasing another feature film score from a film called The Dissection Table uh, sometime soon, and another feature film score is coming uh, for another film that I can't quite talk about yet, but that is coming as well. But there's also short films that I've worked on over the years, and I'm putting together a compilation of music from short films that I've worked on over the years. And that will come at some point. I'm not quite sure when, but somewhere in the uh, career of me, uh, there will be a compilation album of some of that work. And on that album, I think this track will probably end up on it. Uh, Although I may uh, mess with it a little bit. A lot of the tracks I may mess with to, um, you know, kind of just build them up and make them, you know, full featured for the album release because you know sometimes you got to hold back a little bit for the sake of the scene within the film uh but this is a short film called Lido from a director uh Jonathan Richter I worked on god this must be eight or nine years ago already at this point but It was a really fun film, a really cool... It's kind of all centered around a very cool action movie twist and a really cool effect shot in the middle of it all. And uh, I felt like this would be a good fit for a film like Gunpowder Milkshake, so I figured I'd close out with this. So this is a piece of the score from Lido and may end up on this upcoming album that I will eventually release. It's a compilation of some of my film scores. So enjoy this, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon. Thank you.